is today. Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. This is gonna be great! <laughs> Hello, everybody. For my friends, uh, people that check out the devotional podcast outside of South Carolina, you might be thinking, like, what? And you're watching the video. I know a lot of people just listen to the podcast on, you know, the uh, on Spotify or Pandora or um, Apple podcast or wherever you may stream your podcast. But if you're watching via YouTube, Facebook, things like that, you, you'll see me in a hoodie and you might be thinking, I thought Adam lived in South Carolina. It's warm there. It's true. It is warm here. And a couple weeks ago, after weeks of 70s weather, um, we went into the 80s, high 80s even, right? Like 85, 86-ish. And uh, so I got up one morning ready to take a shower, pick out my clothes. And it was, you know, shorts, t-shirt, flip-flops. I was thinking, today's the day I don't go back. Jeans are done. Sweatpants are done. It's it's short season. That's where we're at. And so something, though, told me, like, you should just check the weather. So I checked 44 degrees. So then I immediately put everything back. So today's not the day. Um, so since then, it's been like 40s and 50s. Now it'll get up into the 60s during the day, but it's pretty chilly. Like, what's going on? So today, I woke up, stretched out a little bit in bed, grabbed my phone to check the weather, and I was thinking, maybe today's the day that it gets warm again. So I clicked the little weather app, 34 degrees. I'm like, what on earth is happening? I, I contemplated not getting out of bed. I mean, I could freeze out there. I could freeze to death. But I soldier on and I come in here to do my devotional because it's some crazy times we're living in. So enough of the pleasantries. Let's get right into the devotional. I know it's real quick that I'm getting to. This may not be a long devotional, which could be probably good for you guys because you're like, finally, we get some. We get to the point and we can get out. So... Uh, I'm going to read from Malachi today. I was reading through Malachi and, and had something to say about it. Now, a lot of people think of Malachi as, you know, the tithing book. Because, yes, it does talk about tithing in it, in Malachi 3, 8 through 10, which is, you know, kind of like the go-to scripture that a lot of people go to. And it's a good one. And if you don't know it, you should look it up. Malachi 3, 8, 10. There's your homework. But I want to talk more about chapter 2. You see... God sent Malachi to this uh, small Persian providence to tell the people that they needed to repent and that they were in a bit of hot water with God. Uh, this providence was filled with corrupt priests, uh, hypocrisy, immoral lifestyles, infidelity, divorce, false worship, and arrogance. Hmm. Sounds like, I don't know. 2023? Yeah, sure does. I mean, corrupt priests. We see them on uh, TV and Facebook and all that, the, the false teachers. Uh, hypocrisy. 
It's everywhere. Immoral lifestyles? Don't get me started. Uh, infidelity? Running rampant. Divorce? Divorce rate? Sky high. False worship? People were worshiping their phones more than they worship God. Uh, and arrogance? And that's like... That might be like like a little tag on you think of the, the sins that are going on, but how arrogant are we as people right now that... Like, there's... Everybody thinks that they know better than everything. So there's a ton of it. So what's happening back then that Malachi, God sent Malachi, it's happening right now. It's, it's real. So before Malachi came, before God sent him, God had already restored his people, returned them to the promised land, and all was good. Then, right on schedule, they started committing the same sins that had dishonored God previously. The story of humanity. Give us time, we'll screw things up. So in Malachi 2, Malachi singles out a specific group of people to give a message to from God, obviously. So we're going to read Malachi 2, 1 through 9, but I'm going to break it down step by step here. So here we go. And now you priests, this warning is for you. If you do not listen and you do not resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse on you and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them because you have not resolved to honor me. So when I read this, Malachi comes, he's like, look, God gave me this to tell you. So check this out. He's like, the God, God said, I'm going to put a curse on you uh, and I'm going to curse your blessings. And before he's even done with that, he's like, you know what? You, I'm, I already did. You're cursed right now because you don't honor me. I'm going to curse you because you don't, but you've are, I've already cursed you. Like, I remember getting into arguments with, with my kids after they'd done something. And I'm like, you do this again, and I'm going to take it. You know what? I'm taking it. It's already gone. It's done. You know? And I just feel like that's how God was like. God was like, I'm going to give you a chance. You know what? I already know what you're going to do. You're already cursed. So God's not playing around here. We Trust me, he's not playing because later we hear something else. So. So then verse three, because of you, I will rebuke your descendants. I will smear on your faces the dung from their festival sacrifices and you will be carried off with it. Okay, so obviously they would have festivals and they would give sacrifices and they were not doing things according to scripture, according to God's law. And so he's like, I'm going to take, you know, those animals that you sacrificed to idols and all that. I'm going to take their dung, smear it on your face. God is not playing around with them. And I imagine if you're a priest at this time, you get this message and it's, it's like a kick to the chest. You know, you're just like, cause I mean, it's not every day you get some, a message like this. And so I imagine some priest goes home, his wife's like, how was your day today? And he's like, uh, pretty bad. And she's like, oh, what happened? He goes, I don't remember. I want to talk about it. Come on honey, we're supposed to, like, this is a marriage. Let's just, let's just talk it out. Like, I'm here for you. And he's like, okay. So I've been kind of doing things on my own. You know, we, we were living pretty good. And she's like, sure. And he goes, well, God talked to me today. He, he sent a messenger and he, and he said something to me and it was really pretty important. And she's like, ooh, God talked to you about it. This is amazing. And he goes, eh, not really. He said, uh, he's going to smear crap on my face. And she was probably like, oh, snap. And probably a little bit of silence there. What do you say? And then she's like, hmm. 
maybe now's a good time to be divorced. She's like, well, I'm not really a part of this, so maybe we should divorce. And he's like, mm, he said that's part of the problem. And she's like, mm. if there was only, you know, and he's like, yeah, it's, it's what we've been doing here. So uh, we're all in some big, big trouble. But um, I'm a priest, so probably a little bit more for me. That's how, kind of how I saw that going down. If if I got a message that God said he was going to smear something on my face, uh, I'm going to be repenting immediately. Moving on. So verse 4, And you will know that I have sent you this warning so that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord Almighty. My covenant was with him, a covenant of life and peace, and I gave them to him. This called for reverence, and he, and he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instructions when it was in his mouth and nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness and turned many from sin. So he said he gave a covenant of life and peace and that the knowledge was with Levi, that nothing false was found on his lips. And this is what you should be doing to, to walk with him in peace and uprightness, to turn many from sin. But in that time, the priests were giving false teachings, false worship. They were turning people away from God, and that was causing more sin. So the whole job is to turn many away from sin. They're turning people to sin. So they kind of knew they were, it was coming to them. Verse 7, For the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge, because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty, and people seek instruction from his mouth. So that's the job. We have to teach. We have to teach truth. We have to um, have that knowledge in us to share with others, to point them in the, the right direction. If we're doing the opposite, you know a curse is coming our way. I mean, we're asking for it. Verse 8, if you've turned from the way and by your teaching, let me start that over. Verse 8, but you have turned from the way and by your teaching have caused many to stumble you have violated the covenant with Levi, says the Lord Almighty. So I've caused you to be despised and humiliated before all the people because you have not followed my ways, but have shown particularly in, but have shown partiality in matters of the law. See, every time I stumble on a word, I have this voice in the back of my head from my wife because she said a long time ago, mm, you don't read well, do you? It was so rude and condescending, but I hear it. Anytime I stumble... That's what I hear. Thanks, Lauren. She thinks it's pretty amusing, too. It's fine. So, for me, this whole, this whole batch of scripture that we're reading, you know, that, that we find out, how does that apply to my life? Well, I'm not a priest, but I would say I fit into that classific classification scripturally, being a pastor and all, you know. My job is to, you know, know the scripture, point people in the right way, uh, guide people away from sin, all that stuff. I'm to teach truth. Hold tight the biblical teachings and its truth. And that's great. And I have no problem with it. I'm totally on board. But can I get some things wrong now from time to time? Sure. Uh, that's why I have people around me holding me accountable. Now... At the same time, I don't think that the priests that, that we read about in Malachi turned from God and his teachings overnight. I, I think it's probably a long, gradual process. Uh, 
no one was really holding anybody accountable. And, and eventually um, you get to a place where, where God says, you know, he's going to spread feces on your face. Like it's, it's not overnight, but it's a, it's a process. Um, Cause right now we see big time prosperity gospel preachers living large with all this money and huge congregations. And I would assume, and I, I do know that what, what they say about when you assume things, but they probably started out doing the right thing, preaching truth, but then they got maybe a taste of that old prosperity gospel money, that prosperity gospel crowd, that prosperity gospel power. And slowly they probably started turning so that they were full on in, in it, in the sinful act of false teaching. I mean, let's just say I go on this podcast devotional that I do every Wednesday and start twisting the truth a little bit, saying more of what people want to hear rather than what the scripture is actually saying. And let's say that as I do this, my, my podcast gets a little, little more popular. I start getting more followers, enough that I start monetizing this, uh, making some good money, right? Um, but I'm, I'm still using scripture and all that, but it's just not total truth. And, uh, and no one's there to hold me accountable. So I start going further and further, making more money. I start getting super popular. I start getting kind of like a name in, in the Christian community as someone doing this podcast. And I start doing big things. And, and who knows? I get an inflated ego and I'm, I'm Mr. Big Deal. I'm Mr. Big Man on campus, right? And, and nobody can tell me anything. Next thing you know, someone's like, hey, Pastor Adam, what's that, what's that thing you got on your face? And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? He goes, got something brown. And I'm like, oh, no, I have feces on my face. I'm just saying it could happen. It has happened to people. We just read about it. It's not going to happen to me, though. I'm telling you right now. That's why I think it's important to have people around you who can hold you accountable, call you out when you're doing things that aren't right. I mean, well, here's here's an example. I made a devotional probably a year and a half ago. Posted it. Took it down probably an hour and a half, two hours later. Because a friend of mine called me out on it. And now luckily it wasn't something that I said that was against scripture. It was, it was scripturally sound. However, I was advised that I could be sued by defamation um, of a particular business. I kind of trashed this business and uh, something along those lines. So I took it down. I was like, no, at first I was like, I'm not taking it down. He's like, I, I think you should. And I go, it's fine. He goes, it's not. I go, they're never going to see. He goes, or they will. And, uh, and, and I was like, can I just not have some fun? He goes, you can have fun. Just not like that. So you should take it down. So I, so I took it down, which is good. It's really good to have that around you. I've also had friends that call me and text me asking me to clarify things, um, uh, asking, um, here's what I got from scripture that wasn't from that. Like making sure, like I feel good knowing that I have strong Christians, wise Christians that listen to me that I know will correct me if I'm wrong. I need people like that in my life. And so many people get defensive when someone tries to hold you accountable for whatever it is, but they're just looking out for your well-being. You have to keep that in mind instead of just defensiveness. 
I've had people ask me to hold them accountable. And when I do it, they get all bent out of shape. And I'm like, this is what you asked for. And they're like, yeah, but I, I guess I don't really want it. It happens. But this is what we need. It's a good, good part of small group. It's a good part of just having a, a bunch of people who you can come to with problems. Like I said, good, strong, wise Christians who, who you can bounce things off of. Everybody needs that. Every Christian in their walk needs that in their life. That is the moral of this story. It's the moral of this devotional. So that's really what I have. Like I said, maybe a shorter one today. I don't know how long I've been talking, but I don't think it's very long. Um, so I hope you have a good one. I hope it warms up a little bit here. And uh, I will see you next week. Thank you.